On today's podcast, we have Aileen, Julia, and Jacqueline. These three former students are part of the Lean In production team. And I thought it would be a nice idea if we were to do little bio sketches with each of them and also in, to check in on how they are doing this summer during this pandemic. I really enjoyed learning more about these former students and I look forward to the opportunity to interview more students in the same fashion. With this in mind, please lean in and enjoy my conversation with Aline, Julia, and Jacqueline. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the pod. Today, I have three very special people with me, and they're special for me for several reasons, but the most obvious one is that they are the editorial team or make up a large part of the editorial team of this podcast. So please join me in welcoming Aileen, Jacqueline, and Julia. And we'll start with you, Aileen. Aileen, tell us a little bit about yourself, your program, what year you're in, and why did you come to Ryerson? Okay. Hi, guys. I'm Aileen. I'm currently second year going into my third for biomedical sciences at Ryerson, obviously. You know, I have a one good fact about me. I have a twin sister that also goes to Ryerson. She's actually in criminology, so it's very different than what I'm in. Sorry, Aileen, is she, is she an identical twin or just a twin? Uh, fraternal. Thank okay. God. Okay, good, because I, I was just thinking, you mean she could have been in the lab replacing you and I wouldn't have known? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I cut you off. So why, why? that's cool. That is a fun fact. And, and why Ryerson? So when I was in grade 12, my options were obviously, you know, somewhere close to me. So it was either going to be York, UFT, or Ryerson. And where's home for you? Obviously, it's in the GTA, but where, where do you uh, call Scarborough. Stomp? Scar- where in Scarborough? Very close to the bluffs. Oh, we're in the same hood. Did hey. you know that? Uh, yeah, I was, actually <laughs> editing, <laughs> I was actually editing a podcast where you said that. I'm like, yeah, hey, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm at Warden and uh, Danforth Ave. So I walk towards the bluffs on my walk like every day. Nice, nice. Yeah, I anyway, heard, sorry. I heard, sorry, one, I'm going off track, but with did you see like the rainstorm last night? I heard your area got cut off with the electricity and stuff. Yeah, it got killed. It was crazy here. Like it was just, it, but that happened when I was a kid. That happened every year of my life though, like multiple <laughs> times. Like we would get these, cause where I grew up was near Lake Superior and Lake Superior would have these massive storms coming off of it. And like it, the lightning and thunder would be so loud that it had once it cracked a window in my house. No lie. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> why, did you try to, why did you come to Ryerson? Yeah, so other than, you know, the close proximity of the schools, I went to the open house in grade 11 and grade 12. And I wanted, I didn't really go for, you know, the name and the prestige. If you think of elite schools, you think of UFT, obviously, right? But I'm not putting, you know, I'm not putting down the other schools. But when I went to the open house, one of the main things I wanted to feel, I guess, is to feel welcomed and not feel judged and not feel intimidated by anyone, like the professors, the students. And when I went to the open house for Ryerson, that was the main thing that I felt when I went to Ryerson. So everyone was so nice. The professors that I had talked to, even though they were not in the faculty that obviously I'm in, they were very, very nice. Like no condescending manners, no like intimidation. That was one of the big driving forces for why I came to Ryerson. And obviously, cool. like the program, it encompassed everything I wanted. So, yeah, it was a win-win. 
and here you are and we're glad you're here and uh, that's a cool story and actually there's coming in July if anyone's looking any of our listeners are looking for volunteer opportunities they're trying to find a new way of engaging people with these open houses and they're having challenges obviously because of this COVID situation. Jacqueline what about you tell us a little bit about you. So I'm Jacqueline I am going into my fourth year right now of biomedical sciences which I've only really come to terms with recently because last semester I decided to take a bunch of the courses in the biology sort of sector, just because I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in biomed, but now I've decided that I do want to be in biomed. And I think I originally came to Ryerson, again, I'm in the GTA, I'm in North York, so I did want something closer to home. And my reason is a bit more superficial, but I just really wanted to be downtown and I just really like the campus, to be completely honest. So I think that was my major driving factor to come to Ryerson, honestly. No, and I, and I think any advantage that we have, and I know Ryerson prides itself on being an urban landscape, and that's awesome. So don't, that's, that's one of the selling points of being downtown, right? You can do your shopping and go to school. <laughs> Julia, tell us a little about you. So my name is Julia. I finished my second year, and I'm going into my third year of biomedical science. And the reason why I picked Ryerson is similar to the other answers based on proximity. Also because I'm the youngest of my family, it just wasn't an option to go away like to Western or somewhere where I would have to live on residence just because the rest of my siblings didn't live away. So for some reason I wasn't allowed to live away. Also, it was narrowed down to Ryerson and UFT for me because I like the downtown setting as well. But the reason why I picked Ryerson specifically which I'll just be like completely transparent was I don't think I would have gotten the same marks I would have at UFT just based on people that I've known who've gone to UFT who really were like torn down, really were stressed at UFT taking like life science. So I picked Ryerson just to, not easy, but just to um, have a better workload, I guess. And maybe it's less competitive, right? Maybe it's the spirit yeah. of the of traditional versus new edge universities where we we try not to make it a competitive space, which I think Eileen sort of mentioned was something that a vibe that she got, right? As opposed to yeah. a, a hierarchical traditional sort of environment where you're going to be, well, first of all, competing against maybe broader group of people, larger class sizes and uh, other approaches so that's cool i mean these are all good reasons right they're not there and they're honest which is what this podcast is all about sharing honest experience okay so you guys are all you've all joined our podcasting team what drew you to this opportunity and why and what have you learned about it so far so Elaine, we'll start with you so why i wanted to do it i guess is i love podcasts so i'm always watching you know joe rogan's podcast the Mile Higher podcast and stuff like that. So I always wanted to either get into them or even start, you know, my own podcast, kind of like similar to this one that you're doing, Brian, because especially going from high school to university, I needed some sort of platform that I can, you know, listen to that was honest, that was, you know, anecdotal. And I wanted to hear about people's stories without them sugarcoating it, without like seeing the struggles, not just ups and everything so I want to get into it because it would give me good experience and if I do want to start my own I can use this as experience so it'd be good in that sense. One thing I learned from it was even when I was editing 
like the podcasts, especially learn like editing the bio sketches, how every professor's life journey leading up to them getting a PhD was not so smooth. Like, because even I would think of them as you guys being like these geniuses, which, you know, you guys are, but, you know, these gods that were like, oh my God, they have a PhD. Like, that's amazing. That's so unattainable. But hearing about, you know, people with doctorates and PhDs having struggles, even in their undergrads, was something that I was like, hmm, okay. Like, it gave me a new perspective on things, you know, because I always thought that maybe I can't achieve this and I can't get a PhD myself and oh, I'm not smart enough or I'm not, you know, interesting enough or whatever. But, you know, listening and learning about everyone's struggles was pretty, it was pretty inspirational. So, yeah. It's funny that you say that, like someone else's struggles inspire me, <laughs> but it's the indirect correlation yeah, but that in inspires me. <laughs> in a very <laughs> respectable way. <laughs> no, no. I'm, just, I'm just teasing you, but no, that's, yeah. it's, it's, you speak the truth and that's, that's awesome. Jacqueline, what about you? Why, why did you uh, join this podcast and, and what have you learned so far? So I'm only recently joined the team. I think we had our first meeting and I met everyone like Tuesday. And I think it, I really wanted to do this just because it was, another creative outlet which is something I don't really get involved with too often and I've always liked you know doing things like editing sometimes I'll go on iMovie and like edit little videos and clips together or edit like beats together and make song mixes so this was like a good way for me to get a bit more creative and seeing as I am a bit new I've only really edited only one podcast right now it's podcast 18 with Sarah Kovacs I guess I've, I I have a similar answer to Aline, and I guess it's, I mean, for she had mentioned something about how she had gotten fired from a job, and so I guess it's the same thing. It's that everyone has a story, and sometimes it might be a little bit more bumpy than others, but you will be able to get to that point where you're really satisfied and accomplished. Very cool. Julia and you? Everything has kind of been said already where I've had similar experiences, just like Jacqueline, I loved to edit before this. Even like iMovies, I would always make those as a kid. Silly clips with my cousins and edit those together. And I just, I love doing that. And I could just spend hours editing and trying to perfect something. Hearing this podcast, I wanted to get involved and partake in this, even just to get involved in like the Ryerson community, which I think is very important. And what I've learned also, yes, like everyone struggles on the podcast. And I just learned that Everyone is the same. Even though everyone had different journeys and failures and experiences, deep down, everyone, everyone's just human. I can't explain. Like, the professors are just people. They have interests and they like their favorite food and their favorite color. It's just, we're all kind of very similar. What was your favorite food? <laughs> Since you brought it up. You asked me this question the other day, so now I'm curious. What's your... Well, I'm Italian, so pasta, I have to say it. Wow. Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You know what? You know what's quite cool is, that I love about this podcast is the connections between people who don't know they're connected. So what I mean by that is, and, and it is about the struggles and the connectedness of humans, which is really what I what I love about this. And so you guys mentioned the struggles and creative outlets, but Sarah Kovacs's transcript actually talked about somebody who I'd never heard before, someone who was big in the feminist movement. Her name is Simone de Beauvoir. Beauvoir rather and then Katie who was in an interview that hasn't yet aired that will air 
said that that was the same person that she would want to go to dinner with too. Two people in two different generations. And I had never heard of this woman until that time. And I had to look her up because I was like, that is so cool. Who is this person? Because two people, yeah. And I was like, it's such a small world. And I think too often we get caught up in what we see whether it be social media or any media, and, and we forget that we're all in this together. And really, I know that sounds cliche now, but um, that's what we're trying to do. Awesome. Okay, so let's talk about sort of your journey at Ryerson so far. And I'm, I'm going to change slightly different questions for you, Julia, because I know you've done slightly different things and some of your comments will air elsewhere. But with Aline, Aline, what has been your, I don't know, your greatest accomplishment so far in university? And what has been your greatest failure? you know, unfortunately, I guess to me, I'm, I'm a big person on, on marks. So one, if I get like an A, if I get an A plus that, that just makes my whole year. So I guess one of the greatest accomplishments would, I got an entrance scholarship going into obviously like Ryerson and kind of having that renewed kind of, cause it's a renewal scholarship. So having it renewed based on my GPA, I think in first year was very, not only was it it was amazing because obviously I have more money now, but it, it was very satisfactory and it kind of, I was having a lot of doubts, obviously, as you, as you would in first year, but it kind of gave me that kind of sense of, you know what, like, it's okay, you belong in this program, you are good enough, you are smart enough, it gave me that kind of just reassurance. One of my biggest failures I think I like when it came to maybe dropping a course, I mean, I don't, when I think of failures, I don't like to think of anything as a failure because whatever I failed at, obviously I gained new insights and perspectives and new kind of tools I can use and perfect. So I don't like calling anything a failure, if, but I guess dropping a course and that making me feel incompetent, I guess, or incapable, but. So you, sorry yeah. to follow up on that, you dropped a course? right? Yeah. Is that, okay. So yeah. now what did you learn from if that was a failure or that, or if you gave up on something, what did you learn about you that made that less of a, of a failure? Mm-hmm. A, a learning experience, I should say. I think it's to not be so scared taking a course that like, cause I would always think, okay, like I'm, I'm taking this hard course. Like for example, it was like physics, which I dropped and I love math, but physics is not my forte. So I went into it with such anxiety and such worry and fear that when it came to studying for it and my study habits surrounding physics, it was, it wasn't the best because I went into it with fear. Like all I, I'm just scared to do any of the work, but when I did drop it and then I retook it in the summer, I went into it with a different perspective because when I saw my friends that were not that good in math or did not like physics and I saw them finish it and get a good mark and this and that, I kind of took, took a step back and was like, you know what, if I was able to get, even like with the scholarship, if I, was, if I was able to get those kinds of marks on courses that were either harder then you know what, I need to go into this without such a fear and such a judgment. And that helped a lot. So. And, and thanks for sharing, because that's important. I actually had the same experience as an undergrad where it was a computer science course. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like this course at all. I, I really despised it in many ways. And then you, you found yourself being like, well, I found myself late nights finishing coding experiments. Mm-hmm. You had to use a, a lab. 
And I just said, no, you're not, you've never quit anything, Brian. You're not going to quit. Yeah. You're not going to quit. You're not going to quit. And then one morning I was at the lab until like sunrise and it was a summer semester. And you're like, Brian, this is killing the rest of your courses and you hate it. Why are you continue to keep doing it? And then I was just like, I immediately went back home to bed, woke up, I think before noon and went right to the administrative office to drop this course <laughs> because I, I just, it wasn't right for me. And I never went back to take it, which maybe is a failure, but I think that's to have the perspective to know when to withdraw because yeah. it's best for you is a good perspective. I'm not saying everyone should take the easy way out, but mm. there's battles that can always be fought later. So good. Awesome. Jacqueline, what would you be, what would you say is your greatest achievement so far and your greatest failure in the universe? I think mine kind of go hand in hand. So the first organic chemistry, which I took with you fall semester was actually my second time taking organic chemistry. My biggest failure is quite literally failing a class. And a year before I took the course with you, I'd taken it for the first time and I actually failed it. And that was the first time I had ever, ever failed a course in my life. And I think it was like a really big like realization point for me. Because to be honest, I failed because I wasn't showing up to class. I wasn't doing work. I wasn't really doing anything with that class, to be honest. So that was definitely my biggest failure. And in terms of accomplishment, I think that it was realizing what I was doing wrong and how to fix it. So I came out of that failed course. And then the next semester, I really decided to like pull up my boots and fix my study habits, show up to class. And I think my accomplishment is more so coming out of that rut. And ever since then, you know, school has been great. So failure and accomplishment do go hand in hand for that, for sure. And sometimes one kicks your ass for, for, for failure, oh, right? Yeah. Reminds you why you're there, right? <laughs> and actually, when you said you were going into fourth year, I was going to ask you that exact question because I, you, yeah. I didn't teach you the first time. So I was yeah. wondering what your story was if you were going into fourth year, but you had just taken organic. So, okay. I'm, you can, and so, yeah, so we've covered two different topics. One, yeah. people dropping a class and the fear of dropping a class and now failure. Uh, of yep. an actual course and you're better for it. That's awesome. And you're still living it. It's not like I, like when I failed organic, <laughs> but when I did, it, like I'm reflecting over many years now with a PhD, but you're reflecting in the moment, which is great. I'm going to ask you the same question, Julia, because I don't think it was on Stephanie's podcast. What has been your greatest accomplishment so far and your greatest failure? My greatest accomplishment. I don't think it's come yet in my life because I'm still young. So this is just for now. I hope I found second, year to be very difficult and I'm just proud of myself because I still maintained working three jobs and volunteering and I had the highest GPA that I've gotten so far this year so I just think I'm proud of myself for working so hard this year I, I think that was a great achievement of mine and then my greatest failure I've had like many mistakes many different failures along the way like for example I forgot to do my course intentions. I actually missed out on my scholarship for the year, which was like $4,000 for nothing. I overcame that though. So I like emailed back and forth. I really tried to get it, even though it was my fault. I got it in the end, thank God. And now I know never to miss out on course intentions. But I think an overall failure of mine that like, I'm still trying to overcome is not losing myself. Like, I don't want to just be every day just studying or like working. I still want to maintain like my hobbies because I was just thinking like, what are my hobbies? 
I've lost it. In elementary school, I would like do sports and read a lot, but I want to maintain that for myself. So that's something that I'm working on and trying to find myself still. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. So let's, um, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to reverse the order. And I'm going to start with you, Julia, because there's opportunities that the other two students haven't been exposed to yet that you have taken advantage of. The first one is Rysi match. And it was interesting when Aileen was talking about struggles and creativity, because this Rysi match inspired this podcast from my perspective, yes. just so everybody knows. Then also the answer. So tell us a little bit about Rysi match, what you learned, what that course is about. It's offered every winter on Wednesday yeah. evenings. Tell us a little bit about that first. Okay, so you mentioned it in organic chemistry class. You said there's going to be a new course in the winter semester where you'll be bringing in different professors or researchers or faculty members and, and, alumni. and alumni, and they'll be sharing their experiences. So that was something that my friend and I were really interested in because with science, you don't really know all the different options of career paths. You kind of just know like doctor, pharmacy, dentistry. So this was just something to open our eyes. So we were really interested in it. This was actually the highlight of my winter semester. Every week I would look forward to this, even though I was so busy with my other course loads, it was just worth it because just hearing their experiences and I know it sounds so bad, but hearing their failures, as we said before, is like comforting to know that it's normal and it's actually okay. And for a lot of people, their failures actually opened up a lot of different pathways. That was just really inspiring. It was also very interactive with the other classmates, I would say, I guess they're classmates, the panelists themselves, because after you can go and ask some questions, it's also kind of like a networking experience because you can develop those connections like on LinkedIn. I followed most of them after, yeah. And just yeah. so everybody knows, when you meet somebody in person, there's a real connection between alumni. It's, and you, you're not an alumni yet, so you don't feel it. But when you leave university and you meet somebody else in business or wherever you are, and they're like, oh, where'd you go to school? And you're like, Ryerson, me too, instantly. It's like this weird connection. So uh, quite often the alumni that I bring on the panel are really excited to meet the current students, realizing that they will all be alumni together later on. And they're usually graduates of the Rice Match program. So they actually, now we've done this since 2014. So now we have people who are doctors who were part of Rice Match, right? Or in the cosmetic industry or in the science community, like all these different areas that most people wouldn't know about. So I'm glad to hear that. And they also were quite candid with their own struggles, not just failures, but like mental health issues that don't like that word, mental, mm -hmm. mental wellness issues that they were battling during that time. A lot of people don't talk about their weaknesses, right? And because yes. people find that the, in a competitive space, weaknesses, talking about your weaknesses makes you weak, but mm -hmm. that is completely not true. Talking about your weaknesses brings you strength no matter what you do, especially if you're willing to try to overcome them. So that's pretty awesome. And then you have took advantage of another opportunity, which kind of was presented during Rise Match, but it was also presented at CHY142 for all those listeners. Tell us about that and what that program's all about. Okay, so I actually was not aware of this prior to any uh, announcement. This is given by NSERC. So it's the Natural Science and Engineering Research Council of Canada. I believe I'm saying that right. It was just announced in class that there's this opportunity given by NSERC, a research grant to students. It's mostly based on GPA. 
also some like extracurricular, if you have previous research experience, that's even better. What I wasn't aware of, they presented this opportunity, maybe January. I planned to apply during reading week, like when I was more free, but that was my mistake because I wasn't aware that you need to apply with a professor. So I kind of waited last minute to apply. You should have to have a prior relationship with the professor and they have to be willing to take you into their research lab. So you apply together. It should be something that you're also interested in because you'll be doing it throughout the whole summer. So I recommend prior to applying to NSERC, reach out to different professors, see what they're doing, look online at their research labs, if they have a certain website, email a bunch of people just to find a good idea of what you like. So thankfully I emailed Brian because it was very last minute and most professors already had full research lab or already were taking in another student for NSERC. So I emailed him and he, luckily gave me options of professors that needed students. So I emailed the professor that I was interested in. It was quite an easy process. You just apply, send your resume. But it is a paid gig. So even with the COVID paid. situation, you like I think there's a guaranteed minimum amount that you get compensated for the summer, correct? Yes, yes. So I'll just be transparent. I don't know if this is public knowledge, but I get paid around 18 an hour that's what I would have been paid the same in the lab or not. So I think prior to COVID or after COVID, you would be spending a certain period of time, maybe like most a month researching before, trying to get an idea of what you're researching. And then after you go to the lab to actually conduct the experiment. But in my case, we cannot go to the lab. I'm not sure when we'll be going back to the lab. Hopefully at least I'll like go once, hopefully. But what I've been doing now, because our experiment is similar to a previous experiment that was done. So I'm researching the previous experiment, trying to understand the concepts, how to conduct this research, looking at many different scholarly articles, summarizing it for myself. And now, since there's so much time, I've been conducting the research at home to the best of my abilities. Would you say that, um, that like, did you have any research experience before this uh, job? No, absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> like so, zero. Yeah. And so we were talking about this off air a little bit. It is a challenging time to obviously get an authentic experience, but you know, in the circumstances, it's the best we can do, I guess. But just so that everybody knows, you do not have to have research experience to take advantage of this position. So for all of our listeners out there, it's a pretty cool opportunity to get to, to, to get that first research experience. It's something you can get, you can apply to for multiple years as well. And you're right. Uh, Julia, it does require, it, it is ranked based on GPA, but I know that there would be a lot of people who never even knew about this award that would have been eligible if they would have thought about it. And it does pay quite well, as Julia had mentioned. And I think the pay scale goes up as the your experience goes up too. So cool opportunities for everybody. All right. So Aline, I'm going to go back to you now. How did your semester end and how are you coping with this uh, COVID situation? when the shit hit the fan, how did things go for you? I like, I clearly remember the last day we were in school. It was very funny. We were all in class and we were in, um, I was in cell biology and our professor walked in class and was like, guys, don't worry. Like you have a better chance of getting hit by a car than get Corona and COVID. So don't worry about it. But he was making a thing out of it. And then literally like 10 minutes later we got the news that it went online so it was pretty abrupt 
and we had like labs that whole week and all of that. But anyways, we went home and my experience has like surprisingly when it comes to academics, it's been pretty good. I've, I've loved the extra time, you know, commutes have been hell for me, like all of my uni experience. So having that extra time that I can spend doing studying and stuff like that has been really great. I've been also have the chance to kind of be a part of different kind of clubs and different committees and stuff like that. So that's been great. You get to spend time time with your twin yeah. sister. More time with your twin oh, sister. Um, <laughs> I hope yeah. she's not listening. <laughs> no, well, yeah, she she's more of a. I'm I'm a homebody, so I'm I like to stay home, and she is the opposite, like complete opposite. So she always goes out. But ever since quarantine, you know, she's stuck at home, so. You know, I used to miss her every time she would go out, you know, because I'm that kind of sister. Like, I want to hug her and, like, mess up, mess with her and stuff like that. But now I'm just like, yo, just leave. I want you out. But I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, family-wise, it's been great. Thankfully, we don't have, you know, knock on wood, we don't have anyone sick. So it's been great hanging out with family more and talking to them more has been great all that extra time. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? This is weird for me. I'm, can you be both? Like, yes, you can, but you'd have to explain that. <laughs> I'm an introvert in terms of, I don't like going out. I don't, I don't like going to the movies and shopping and with friends and all of that stuff. But I am an extrovert when it, when it actually comes to, you know, doing things like clubs and sports. And I like being out there I like joining things I like talking to people but on a specific day there are days where I'm an introvert but then there's days where I'm an extrovert what sports do you play basketball volleyball I used to be in track so I was gonna say you're not a super tall person but you don't have to be be a basketball player (laughs) yeah sadly I'm not but that's always been a disadvantage so what about you 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 mentioned these clubs a few times so what are these clubs that you or other than this group that you joined what what other things have you joined so one of the big problems with me when I came to university was the lack of clubs and extracurriculars I joined because like I'm so immersed in my studies obviously it's hard to think about anything else but the studies so ever since quarantine happened it kind of gave me a different you know outlook on things and I realized that you know what I need to start joining clubs because I really want be in the environment and whatever so I've been trying to do like best buddies I was in best buddies when I was like the president when I was in high school but once it came into you know uni what's a best buddy sorry for yeah so it's a group of special ed students that have a variety of different types of disabilities struggle with their mental health and all that and what happens is that once you join, you get paired up. So a regular student, any student, like you or me or whatever, can be paired up with a student that has a specific type of disability. And it's all about, you know, you communicate with them, you go on in excursions with them, like out, or you host certain activities with them. So you can have like pizza parties. It's all about making them feel engaged in the community and making them feel welcomed and that no matter what disability or mental health issue you have, everyone is still 
still respectful towards each other and you are human obviously like you are a normal person it's okay and everyone's equal so there's we we don't want there to be any bias any prejudice any discrimination based on any physical or mental ailment so that's the whole point of it basically cool that's really cool I, that's, that's that sounds like a really good cause and a really great way yeah. to be involved and support other people Jacqueline, what, what about you? What, how'd your semester end and, and what are you doing now and how are you doing? Uh, my semester ended pretty well. It was kind of hard to transition to the online courses. Going to class is something that actually does motivate me a bit. So it was really hard to actually look at my schedule and be like, okay, I have classes from this time to this time. I have to whip out my laptop. I got to get to work. But in the end, it actually went really well. A lot of my professors were pretty empathetic with everything going on. So they did make the transition much, much easier. In terms of the whole quarantine situation, I wouldn't really say that I've been involved in it too much because I've been working this entire time. Where do you work? Do you um, I'm a supervisor at Starbucks. Okay. So. But, but not all Starbucks have been open, have they? No, but I am one of one of the only two Starbucks drive throughs in Toronto. Apparently that's an essential service. So I've been working like almost 40 hours since everything went down. Wow. Which has been quite exhausting, but um, are you, I am Are great. you at work right now? Are you at work right no, now? No, I'm not. Today's, <laughs> no, today's my one day off. <laughs> well, thank you Literally for sure you know this. Literally one day off. So what, okay, so, so you've been working full time then. So you haven't had yeah. any sort of time to think I guess you're not taking any summer courses then either no no I was planning on it but I'd rather just see how things go within the next semester just because I really don't want to have to take things online and without uh selling out Starbucks (laughs) (laughs) has it been have you felt okay about your safety in that yeah they've they've definitely taken a lot of good measures and stuff like that it's just been very exhausting I've never experienced the store being so busy and obviously people are very stressed out right now. So there's <laughs> been a lot of crazy customers. So dealing with that has been a lot, but otherwise I'm, I'm pretty grateful to at least be working right now. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of us are grateful that we have people who are willing to serve us <laughs> so that we can have some sort of normalcy in our life. Yeah. And I, like, let me tell you, uh, the people at Rona, because I, like, that's the only thing that kept me sane, because I love building stuff. <laughs> the, only, the people at Rona have really saved my life um, in so many ways in, in terms of mental health. Wow, that's crazy. So what has, uh, let's go back to, to, to the beginning again. Maybe we'll start with you, Julia. What has been your silver lining of this pandemic? I agree with Aline in saying hanging out with your family more. It's just been nice to actually see them because I feel like during school I would either be at school in the library and then go straight to sleep so I'd be so tired. So just actually having an opportunity to talk to them more. Even like we go for walks daily with my family, which is so embarrassing. Oh. But <laughs> why is that embarrassing? <laughs> I don't know. How, so how many how many people in your family? Like if you say 20, then that that does look a little weird. But <laughs> how many people in your family? So it's my parents and then my oldest brother moved out. So now it's just my other older brother and my older sister. So okay, you are the but, baby of the family. So you're. Spoiled. I am the baby. I yes. So, yes. <laughs> so if, if if you tell them I tell your mom that you would like pasta, spaghetti, and meatballs, that would happen tonight. Yes, she would make that. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like someone's a little embarrassed. 
They okay, still so, think I'm the baby. Yeah, so, well, you are. You always will be in that family yes, dynamic. Yes. Okay so, okay, so the family walks uh, with five people. Yes. Five, five adults. <laughs> yes, five grown adults. Yeah. Also, just appreciating the little things in life. Now I love to work outside and just take everything in. Again, going for walks. Now I've been like playing basketball more outside and I've been jogging every morning, which I would never have the time to do before. So just being outside more has been a really great silver lining, just to appreciate life around me and not all that stress that goes around like when you go to work and everything, just actually relaxing for once is nice. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I think it's a pace thing. Is there any habits that you're developing that you're concerned about when it's time to go mm -hmm. back to school? That's a good question. Well, at first it was hard because I didn't have a certain schedule. Now I try to develop a schedule, but for me personally, I think now I'm developing like after a certain time, I'm just so tired and I don't want to do anything. I follow my siblings work schedule. So they work like eight to five or nine to five. And so after five, they're just done. So now I'm just done and I don't do anything, which I feel like during school, that's like the time where you do homework. So hopefully I don't continue that. Aileen, any habits that you are worried about that you're going to have coming into the new year or the next when we do get back to school? Or good um, habits that you're going to keep? Something that happened maybe during this pandemic that you've discovered that you're like, this is important to me. I think with the bad habits, before university, I was never used to commuting, you know, like I would always get driven to high school every day. Um, and so once I started going to university, obviously I had to take the subway every day and it was like an hour and a half subway ride every single day but eventually like I got used to it you know I would start reviewing you know work do your practice sets in the subway so I made you know good time out of it but now that I'm not commuting anywhere I'm so used to those extra two hours you know sleeping in and yeah so I don't know how I'm gonna be doing if schools open back up and then we're stuck having two hour commutes every single day again and the stress of it so you know what i i completely hear what you're saying one of the things that i think ryerson needs to change i don't know why we don't go to three hour classes once per week yeah and i like i'm not saying it's non-stop like you know you could we could easily break organic down like a tutorial a quiz mm -hmm. two hour new content see you next week right tutorial yeah. quiz two hours like we could do that all on a three-hour block I don't know why we don't do this and I, if anybody in scheduling is listening to this podcast <laughs> this would be awesome because then you would be able to maybe stay home two days a week or three days yeah. a week and do all of your coursework and then take really good value in not having to commute to work it would also help us on campus with the population issues so that we don't have overpacked classrooms because then we would be able to spread people out more anyway I'm not trying to solve the world's problems on this podcast. Just, no, but that's just true. To, like going, going, like commuting two hours, like, you know, there and back each hour, one hour for me for a one hour class is annoying. Dumb. It's yeah. dumb. Yeah. You can say it. It's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense for any no. reason because I have to be there too. So it's dumb yeah. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> for the exact same reasons. Jacqueline, what about you? What bad habits are you worried about maybe going back? to school or things you'll keep, I guess. Sorry, in terms of what you've discovered about yourself, what you really want to keep and what you really want to change. In terms of changing, back. I think, especially just with my own, everything going on um, with work, I go to work and then as soon as I come home, it's like, okay, 
feet on the couch, I'm gonna watch Netflix and it's like my chill time. So with school, it's, you can't really do that because as soon as you get home, you know, you gotta pull out your laptop, get to work, do some studying. So it's gonna be a little bit difficult to realize that I can't just go to school and call it a day. Like when I come home, I'm gonna have to do some work as well and figure out time management and stuff like that. But I do want to keep, I, I got to agree with Julia, like I've been able to finally like actually work out for the first time in a really, really long time ever since the pandemic hit and like go outside and every morning I go out and I eat my breakfast outside. So those are little things I do want to keep, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a hard transition for sure. I was going to, I was going to say if the, if the second wave hits in January, you might not want to eat outside. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we're really fortunate that we are in the second wave or the, the wave in the summertime, right? Cause while the first little bit kept us inside cause the weather was miserable, it's actually amazing right now that we can go outside if you can uh, and get that exercise. I want to ask two questions, but I'm going to combine them just to sort of wrap up here. And the first question is, what factoid do my peers know least about me? And something you're willing to share. All right, while you're thinking about it, then I'll also tell you the second question I'm going to ask is, what piece of advice would you give your second year self? So for two of you, that's really recent. And for one of you, it's somewhat recent. This is just like something random. I like playing video games. Well, I used to like it more when I was a kid. What's your favorite video game? Well, when I was a kid, I loved Team Fortress 2. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. I was actually really good at it when I was like eight, well, not eight, like 12. And I want to get back into that now. So I've been starting to try to like play again. I don't think a lot of people know that about me. So you're a gamer. Uh, I love it. What piece of advice would you give your second year self? That's, a, that's a Rai Sign Match question that you've heard. Yes, I've heard it many times. Everyone says a similar thing of just... I just feel like there's so much more to life than just studying, reading, and like being behind a computer. It feels so good. You make so many memories by expanding your horizon and partaking in clubs and even like working in general, working at different places, talking to different people. You make the best memories like that. My second year self, I would tell, because I think second semester is when I started more, Brian, with you, like with the, um, the dark committee. Even just doing that for a brief amount of time just allowed me to talk to more people. So I think for first semester, partaking in more clubs, just talking to new people, I would say, because that's how you make good memories. Perfect. All right, Alina, you ready? I'm a huge obsessor about aliens. Like, what do you mean, aliens coming down to get us? (laughs) No, I mean, I, I always keep an eye out on, like, you know, news about, you know, any UFOs and unidentified objects or phenomenons, as they're called now. But all of that stuff, I love. What do you, what is it uh, that you're drawn to? Like, what, why? So, okay, one thing is if I wasn't in biomed and if I actually was really good at physics, I would love to become an astrophysicist. It's the physics behind it and the fact it's like the challenge of and like the innovative ideas that they're coming out with. It's insane to me. It's like, and the fact that there could be aliens out there and how they just released, you know, those declassified videos of those Tic Tac UFOs. It's insane to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's awesome. And 
have you ever watched the movie Contact? Yes. The, okay, oh, I was going to yes, say, because that, that movie would be like a perfect one for somebody who liked aliens and what you just described. Okay, awesome. And what piece of advice would you give your second year self? I think it's just to like calm down. I'm too much of a nervous person and I, I'm too obsessed with, you know, obviously, like I said, like with the marks, like if I don't get a specific mark, oh, it's like the end of the world to me. So all I do is study and I don't take time for myself or I don't go out. I don't do any, you know, extra activities that would be good for my mental health and stuff like that. And like what Julia said, like it takes time away from, you know, life. There's life outside of just school and it's so hard for me to accept. So I think it's just to calm down. It's okay if you don't get like an A plus in a certain course, like your life is not going to end. And just use that extra time to do other things that you love. That was so well said. I have this visual in my head and I don't want to dilute anything you said, but I have to share it. Because often when someone tells you to calm down, that never happens. It's like the exact opposite <laughs> response. Yeah. When someone says calm down, you're like, what do you mean calm down? You just lose it, right? Yeah. But then I, then I thought to myself, while you were speaking, I was like, what if an alien came down and said, calm down? <laughs> <laughs> your mind would explode, first of all. <laughs> that would certainly, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm so just hypocritical. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Okay, uh, Jacqueline, back to you. The best thing I can really come up with right now is that I am a bunny mom and I am the biggest advocate for having rabbits as pets. It's called a bunny mom? Well, Until you know I how people are like when, dog moms or cat moms. It's kind of my yeah. own point, but I wasn't sure what a bunny mom was talk. until the following sentence had the word <laughs> rabbits in it. So I'm so glad <laughs> you did, you made it clear. <laughs> yeah, so they're what's really your great pets. What's your rabbit's name? Sophia. I know it's a people name. It's kind of a weird name, but I call her Sophie. And that's cool. And you, you have to be careful. I used to keep rabbits when I was a kid because I was on a farm. And but rabbits will scratch your arms all to hell if they don't yeah. want to be with you. Like you think a cat is bad? Try getting scratched by a rabbit. Those guys have oh, even yeah. sharper, bigger claws. In insane oh, yeah. animals, but they look so cute. Well, let's and get them trimmed. Yeah, and she's yeah. a dwarf bunny, so they're small. Like it's not not like a huge farm rabbit. Okay, so it'll just rip your forearm apart, not your entire yeah, arm. no big deal. Okay, so you're a bunny mom, and what would yeah. the bunny mom say, give to a piece of advice to her second yourself? Leave your comfort zone every once in a while. I think for me in second year, I was just in this little bubble, and, you know, the thought of doing things out of my routine and doing things that weren't as stable and comforting was a really big source of anxiety, but in the end, the benefits are meant to really step out and put yourself in new places. I love it. This has been a fantastic conversation, <laughs> everybody. I, and it's so cool because you're working so closely with me remotely, helping out with this podcast and making massive contributions, but it was amazing to get to know you a little bit better. And I hope everybody else who's listening out there feels the same way. Thank you so much for taking an hour out of your day and sharing with us where you're at and where you're going and what you love to do. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, and have a great day, and we will talk to you soon.